Hello my friends, I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Christopher Alam and today we are embarking on a new subject and it's called the call of God and we're going to talk about uh, a, a host of different things in this subject and I'm going to begin by talking about why God calls people and then uh, we're going to study examples of God calling people in the, new t in the Old Testament first and in the New Testament which is exciting because we, we shall study the diverse backgrounds of uh, the people that God called to use and also uh, they came from uh, not only from different backgrounds but from different places in life and and the way God called them it 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 kind of differed so greatly from one to the other so we're going to look at those things then we're going to talk about uh, about the importance of uh, uh, secondary ministries or you can say these are helps ministries or you can also say lay ministries which are laymen and laywomen that is people who are not in the fivefold ministry gifts but whose ministries are very very essential in in the local church and in missions uh, and people who do other things than uh, get uh, behind the pulpit and preach and they, those ministries are so important because without them uh, the, the church or the work of missions would not run. They are the cogs that make the whole thing to run. And so, uh, you know, we're, we're going to talk about the importance of, of, uh, uh, of those ministries. Then we're also talking, going to talk about uh, how to develop in, in your calling, whether it is a lay ministry or it's a full-time five-fold ministry, how to, uh, how to understand the call of God and how to grow inside the, in the call of God and how to, um, how to develop your skills in ministry and how you can be more effective and then your own development, not just in ministry, but your development in life because that has a lot to do with ministry. Then we're going to talk about the fivefold ministry gifts. So I'm very excited uh, about being able to teach you these things. So I hope this will be a blessing to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. And may the Lord bless you as we study these subjects. Now, the, the purpose of this study, and I've put, written some points down. I'm going to read them to you. The purpose of this study is to study God's calling of men and women to serve him in Christian service. So we're going to study God's calling of men and women to serve him. In Christian service because uh, we, we have to remember that uh, ministry is to serve God we are serving God not serving people and even if you are in a church and you know you are serving uh, in the church don't forget that you're not just serving the pastor or you're serving the church you're actually serving God it is a holy calling. So even if you're a janitor in a local church, you are serving God. We, we should never lose sight of that. Or if you're working as, for example, a personal assistant to a senior pastor, you're not, uh, I know you're serving, you know, the man of God, and that is true, but you're actually serving God because you are in that position because you responded to the call of God. That's what God calls you to do. And that's what makes what you do very, very important. And so uh, God calls unto himself people and uh, he calls them with the purpose of sending out to fulfill his purposes. So God calls unto himself people and he calls them with a purpose of so that they can go forth and fulfill 
his purposes because God has a has purposes and plans here on this earth and God wants to fulfill those purposes and he uses people and that's why he calls people like you and me now this he does because God has so ordained that he uses human beings to fulfill his purposes upon this earth now God can use angels if he wanted to but he chooses to use people instead God you, you might say well you know angels uh, are are different than us and uh, angels have seen God in a way you know physically seen God in a way we haven't seen God and and angels are sinless you know I mean you can say angels don't don't uh, 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 do some of the wrong things that we do let's put it that way but uh, and so it would be better that God use them no god in his infinite wisdom has chosen that it is human lips who should preach the gospel so god has chosen that men and women here on this earth be used to fulfill his purposes and interestingly angels they are subservient to us because in hebrews chapter 1 it says that angels are are sent god sends his angels as to serve you and me who are the heirs of salvation so instead of angels preaching the gospel and we doing nothing we preach the gospels and we preach the gospel of jesus and angels are sent to serve us as we preach the gospel and we have to learn to put uh, these uh, angels to work on our behalf and uh, but but that's another subject i'm not to i'm not going to go there but angels are there to serve us but we are the ones who preach the gospel this is the way god has ordained it okay now in the process of god calling us he disrupts our plans and purposes in life and calls on us to instead embrace his plans and purposes for our life so god has plans and purposes for your life and my life and uh, and and that is uh, often we are not aware of his plans and purposes for our life so you know what what happens is uh, you know uh, when when you about 5 uh, you begin to go to preschool then you know at about 7 you begin to go to school you go to kindergarten you know at the age of 6 or 7 you get an education and then Now uh, you finish high school and when you finish high school everyone is asking you what are you going to major in in college because by that time uh, you already have an idea of what you're going to do in life and uh, some kids don't you know some kids uh, they they are very focused already from high school they know what they're going to do like in life other other kids they say well uh, I don't know what I'm going to do but I'm going to go to college and and they take something very general and then the second or third year they figure out what they're going to do then they choose a major and uh, some kids they they start with something then a couple of years down the road they decide to change their major my son my younger son did that he changed his major and and so you know kids uh, uh, you know young people but but the whole idea is they have a pursuit of a, a future so some people say Uh, you know i want to become a doctor they go to pre med they go to medical school and uh, their dream is to be a doctor then you ask them what kind of doctor do you want to be they say well i want to be a heart surgeon or i want to be a this i want to be a that or or someone uh, what, what are you going to do i'm studying business i want to work in investment banking you know they have all these plans worked out 
And then what happens? In comes God and he disrupts your plans and purposes and he calls you to let go of your plans and purposes and embrace his plan and purposes. And I have seen many, many people like that. I have a, uh, I have a friend who's uh, uh, Pastor Harry Jackson. You know, if you, I don't know, some of you probably heard of him. He's quite well known, a very humble man, great man of God. He's a, he's a giant of a man, big guy. And he told me his story. He was an NFL football player. Uh, he played, I believe he played for the New England Patriots and, and he, uh, he was a uh, he 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 was a football player, and then uh, a couple of years into his football career, he suddenly began to think. Uh, you know, he was a Christian. He began to think, "What if I get injured?" Because I've seen football player. I met a guy who used to play for the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, one of my closest friends played for the Falcons, and I met this man uh, at his uh, home. He was staying with him. This. Uh, brother, Christian brother, prayed for the Chiefs and he was hit in a game and he, he had a hairline fracture in one of his vertebrae, a hairline. And every time you get hit, you get a concussion or anything, the doctors check you out, make sure. And they found this little hairline concussion and, and they said, listen, you might play the rest of your life. It is so minor that nothing may happen. But if something does happen, you might end up being a paraplegic. So they, the NFL released him. And so no other team would have him because of this risk, because it's very high liability. They have to pay a lot. So, so you know, after a couple of years, his football career was finished. And, and I think he began to sell insurance for a living. But anyway, back to Pastor Harry Jackson. He was a, a successful football player, did very well. And then a couple of years down the road, he said, what if something happens to me? What do I do then? So he decided to quit playing football and he went to Harvard Business School and he came out as a, uh, he graduated from Harvard Business School. And uh, then, you know, he has this new career all set. He's finished Harvard Business School and he's going to go into, into the marketplace. And then suddenly God calls him to preach the gospel. And so we see God disrupting all of this man's plans and he becomes a pastor and but he has a he's a successful pastor and he has uh, God has given him great influence he's got a very big church uh, just inside the Beltway in Washington DC I had the privilege of preaching for him and he's been to the White House and prayed and advised the presidents different presidents and all that and 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 you know and he tells me all his classmates uh, at Harvard Business School, they're CEOs in big Fortune 500 companies and all that. But he has no regrets that God came in and disrupted his life and told him to lay aside. And God led him out of football. God led him out of his career after Harvard Business School. And now he's preaching the gospel. And I tell you, he's more than satisfied doing that. So you have to understand that the call of God often comes and disrupts your plans. And especially the greater and more grandiose your plans are, the more, uh, you know, higher up your plans are and the greater the disruption. So God will come and disrupt your life and disrupt your plans and, uh, and he will pick you out of there. So uh, the call of God does, does mean a disruption. Now, there are other people 
you know, who have been called by God to the ministry since they were small. My friend Tim Manlon, of course, these people, I haven't asked their permission to mention their name, but they, I love these brothers and I'm sure they wouldn't mind. Tim Manlon, I mean, his boys, uh, you know, he has only boys and all of them are in Bible college. Well, one just graduated. He's assistant pastor in his church. And the other two, uh, one is a senior about to graduate from Southwestern Assemblies of God Church. And, and the third one, uh, he has just entered, uh, just started his freshman year at uh, Southwestern. And, and all these kids have grown up in the ministry. And uh, they... Uh, then I, I believe, I mean, they haven't shared this with me, but I can see that growing up in the ministry, traveling with their parents, because Tim and his wife, they travel, the whole family travels together uh, as a family when they preach. They have a house in Kansas, but they've got this semi-trailer, which is actually like a house inside. It's very nice. And they travel in that. And, and Tim's wife, Rochelle, has homeschooled those kids and good kids, solid kids, solid family. And they've kind of all known that they're going to go into ministry. So there's no disruption there. But, you know, but there are times. So if everybody's called from a different place uh, in a different way. And sometimes they can be uh, the call to the ministry is a big, major disruption in your life. God will come in and he will turn everything around. So you better be I should say, better be prepared for that if you want to serve God, okay? Now, the last thing I want to say uh, is that the sacrifices are great because uh, no matter whether it's a, a disruption or not, or whether the disruption is great or it's not that great, uh, there are sacrifices to be made because when you serve God, uh, uh, there are sacrifices to be made. There's a price to pay. And we go, we're going to talk about that much later on. But the eternal rewards are also great. The eternal rewards are also great. And um, many people, uh, you know, a lot of people these days, uh, they don't live with the perspective of eternity. They just live with the perspective of this life in this world. This is it. But this is not it because... Uh, the Bible says, 70 to 80 years shall the day, 70 to 80 years shall the days of a man's life be. So, uh, you know, if we live to be 70 or 80 or 90, uh, you, you know, you never know. Most people live up to the 80s, then they go home to be with Jesus. And, uh, and the thing is that if you live that long, that is a limited time slot we have on this earth. But beyond that, when you leave this world, you cross over into eternity and there you live forever. So you've got to think that this life is a drop in the bucket compared to the vastness of eternity. So it is very important that we work for uh, eternal rewards instead of, uh, instead of temporal, uh, how do you say, comfort you know so that's why uh, uh, listen let, let me just say this I don't want to start talking about it but let, let me just mention this to you I believe that God wants to prosper us financially so that we can use those resources for the furtherance of the gospel but you see there's a lot of uh, prosperity preaching these days and it's all about uh, big houses and and private jets and uh, Rolex watches and uh, it's about earthly comfort there's an overly um, overly emphasis on earthly comfort and that kind of gospel the problem is with that kind of gospel is that it is all focused on temporal comfort 
uh, without a regard for eternity. Because the thing is that, uh, you know, you can live and say, I believe in this prosperity preaching. I believe God wants me to have that. God wants me to all that, have all that. First thing is that many people will be disappointed. They don't get all those things. Because many people are called by God to serve the poor. There are missionaries who are called to go to the poor parts of the world, uh, world and to serve those who are very, very, very poor. And they do that. And they do that very well and successful. And they don't get any earthly, uh, earthly rewards because the people who, who are saved and healed for them from, through their ministries have nothing to give them. You know, a, a mother has a child walking. And, and, and uh, if that happened in America and the family was wealthy, they would buy a, a Mercedes or a Rolls Royce for the preacher. But people in Africa uh, don't have that kind of uh, money to give. The best thing you'll get is is those tears. And I'll never forget, I was uh, uh, in one of our crusades in Africa. There was a little girl. I don't know how old she was. She was very little. And she had never stood on her legs and she began to walk. And I'll never forget the, that mother, she uh, she stood there. I took the child and put the child on the ground about uh, uh, five, six yards away. And the mother uh, did put her hands out like this. And this little, little girl came running to the mother and the mother picked her up. Uh, and then, uh, and then I just saw these tears flow down the mother's cheeks. And it seemed to me that the tears were like, you know, falling out of her eyes. And I'll never forget those tears. It, she was so prof, uh, so uh, profusely, she was weeping. And the Lord said to me, look at those tears. This woman has nothing to give. She has no money to put in the offering, but those tears are the most precious things she has. And those tears are like pearls in my treasury. That's what the Lord said to me. And there is great reward in heaven because of those. And so I thank God. I said, Father, what a privilege it is for me to be here and to serve these people. So, uh, you know, there's people, there's missionaries, there's people like me who choose. This is our choice because this is what God has called us to minister to the poor who have nothing to give to us. So people like us and, and, and other missionaries who have sacrificed everything to serve in some of the poorest places of the earth, they live with the perspective of eternity. They, they, they wait for the reward. And Paul said, our reward is in heaven. But if you live for temporary, uh, for temporal uh, 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 benefits, then then you'll make sure you only go to places where they can give you a good offering, good honorarium, where people can give you stuff, and so you can live well and all that. And and uh, and so it is very important that we don't lose sight of this. That uh, that our rewards are eternal. That we work for eternal reward because whatever we have, we gather on this earth. One thing about it doesn't matter how expensive, how uh, valuable it is in monetary terms, we cannot take it with us. There is nothing from this world that we can take with us. So uh, the sacrifices are great, and but the rewards are also great. So uh, you know, if we, if we, you know, if you, you can work for a Fortune 500 company, and when you work for a Fortune 500 company, uh, you get your reward here. You know, the bonuses, the money you get. Here and so it is very, very careful, uh, very, very important for a Christian who's working out in the marketplace that you don't uh, lose your uh, your 
uh, your sight of the eternal reward and you get too much focus on the uh, uh, you know on, on earthly things because I've seen people good sincere Christians live in this world and God hasn't called them to full-time ministry and and they work in the marketplace and they forget the reason why God has put in the mar put them in the marketplace firstly uh, if God has put you in the marketplace, it's for two purposes. Firstly, so that you can be a light in a dark place, because that's very dark. The people who live there, uh, my oldest son worked in an investment bank and he said that it's very, very dark. It's so materialistic. It's very, very dark. Sometimes I can't even stand it. And so uh, it's very important that you be a light there, because if you lose sight of that, if you lose sight of that and you think, well, I'm here, it's all about the money, then you'll become just like them. Although you're a Christian, it'll all be about money and about things, about luxury, about buying and spending. That will become your life, although you are a Christian. And then when you go to heaven, you'll be surprised you have no rewards there. So then that's when you'll feel sorry, you'll regret and say that, you know, I could have done so much more for the kingdom when I was down here, but I did not because I got caught up in the rat race. So the first purpose is for you to be a light in a dark place. And the second purpose for you is when God blesses you uh, financially, that you use it for the purposes of his kingdom, that you, you know, you, 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 you help the poor, help those in need, you give to missions, give to the preaching of the gospel. So it is very, very important because when you do these things, it is, it is a sign that although you are here in this world and you are working in the marketplace in an earthly, worldly thing, but you are living with a sight of the heavenly reward. So you are sowing seeds so that you will have reward in heaven and you're winning souls and you're touching people's lives. So you have to remember that now. But anyway, I'm sorry, I got a sidetrack. I got sidetracked. But going back to it, it's a when when you call to the ministry, the sacrifices are great. God calls you to make sacrifices, but the eternal rewards are also great. So that's why we we look away from the earthly rewards and we look at the eternal rewards and we look at the eternal rewards and the greatness of the eternal rewards that we have in heaven. And then remember that we have the choice to say yes or to say no to the call of God. We are not forced or compelled to obey the call of God. Paul says, for the love of Christ compels me. Paul felt a compulsion to preach the gospel. And I uh, feel a compulsion to preach the gospel for the simple reason, firstly, is the love of God for sinners that compels me. And secondly, when I think of sinners who are out there who have never heard the gospel, who will go to hell and spend eternity in hell if they do not hear the gospel, I feel like I have to tell them about Jesus. Every person who has not heard of Jesus has the right to hear the gospel at least once in his lifetime because Christ has died for him. So, you know, and so, and then lastly, we have to remember that when God calls us and, you know, uh, you have the fivefold ministry gifts, the apostles, prophets, the evangelists, pastors, and teachers, and then you have the, uh, the helps ministries, the secondary gifts. And these are people in the church, like um, girls who are secretaries and uh, PA and people who clean the floors in the church and the people who do sound 
help with the sound in the church and uh, people who work in the parking lot, parking attendants, people who serve as ushers and, uh, you know, there, there's a whole receptionist. And when I go to my home church, I see all these people. Yesterday, I went to the home church. Everything was closed, but there was a brother. He was working in the garden taking uh, in, the, in the grass, taking care of the weeds, you know. So you, you have people doing a lot of these things. But everybody who is doing that, the ultimate purpose, it really comes down to this, is that souls must be saved. Now, you might think uh, if a person is cleaning the floors in the church, uh, what does that have to do with soul winning? Everything. Because uh, the, the purpose, the very purpose of the existence of the local church is to win souls and to make disciples. Because you see, the Great Commission isn't just to preach the gospel, but if you study the Great Commission, it is to preach the gospel and to make disciples. And to, he, Jesus said, teaching them all things that I have taught you. So the Great Commission is, the, is a whole spectrum of things, starting from the local church all the way to the evangelist and the church planter out on the field preaching the gospel. And all these things, they, I mean, it, 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 its focus comes down to one thing, preaching the gospel and making the disciples. And so when you have the machinery like, uh, you know, like the local church, uh, you, you need all these people because without them, without the secretaries, without the people who clean the floors and the bathrooms and without the people who, who, who take charge of, uh, uh, you know, as parking lot attendants on Sunday morning, uh, without the ushers, without the sound people, without the people handling the lights, without the you know, the TV camera people, without all these people, the church wouldn't run. They are a very important part of, of, of the ministry because their efforts enable the man behind the microphone to preach the word and to teach the word of God. Because I have a team in Africa. I'm up there preaching, but I've got all these people running the sound, running the lights, running the power, uh, and uh, taking care of the music. I've got a whole team of people. And when they're there, I've got a couple of people on the base taking care of our base. And so all these people, they kind of figure in and they come uh, uh, in as, uh, as one, uh, serving the Lord together. But the ultimate goal is the winning of souls and the making of disciples and training up workers for the harvest field. So uh, that's why God calls, because his purpose is, is that people should be saved and that uh, we should make disciples. And the reason we make disciples is that so they can go out and win even more souls for Jesus. And, uh, and uh, so even more people are ushered into the kingdom. And, to, and it's like a machinery. And to keep all this going, we need the supportive ministries. And so God calls them also. So God calls the preachers, the pulpit ministries, the platform ministry, but God also calls the uh, supportive ministries because they're all needed and they are all important to the call of God. Well, we will continue tomorrow, but let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you call men and women to serve you. And I thank you for those who are hearing my voice that you will touch their lives and show them also, Father, in what way they are to serve, Father, that you'll uh, give them an understanding of your plans and purposes so that they may be fruitful in the calling upon their lives. We thank you for everything in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. We will continue tomorrow.